What is up, Spurs fans? It's a solo SSPN edition today. Um, very unfortunate. My buddy Jude McLaren had to work, so you will be stuck with me for the next 20 to 30 minutes, but it's okay because the positive thing and the most important thing is that we have a Spurs win. That's two in a row. I don't remember the last time that we had two wins in a row, uh, but it feels great. And it wasn't just any ordinary win either, 135 299 over Charlotte Hornets. And I know they're not a great team, only 8 and 28 as their record. But tonight was the first time since I think the 15th game around November 22nd, first game back for their all star LaMelo Ball. Um, so the fact that we were able to get a win, and not only get a win, but in a decisive fashion, is a great sign for the Spurs. Um, and I think if we want to just go main theme, takeaway for the night. The Trey Jones in the starting lineup continues to work. It continues to prove most effective, having an actual point guard in the rotation in that starting lineup with Wemby, with Sohan, Vassell, and then Champagny as that floor spacer and defensive specialist. So it, things are starting to click. Um, again, I want to take everything with a grain of salt. Even with LaMelo Ball, they were still missing their big Williams as well as Gordon Hayward, uh, two important pieces for their rotation. Um, and then, of course, their their second overall pick, Brandon Miller, went out, I think, in the second or third quarter after that uh, unfortunate incident after Kelton tried to block his shot, kind of bounced his head off the, off the floor, so he had to go to the locker room. But all that being said, a 36-point win is nothing to turn your nose at. This was an absolute showcase from really everybody top to bottom, but most importantly, Victor Wimbanyama, who shot 9 14, 26 points, 11 boards, only one assist tonight, but two blocks. And uh, his presence, man, on, on both sides of the ball is just so profound. I mean, defensively, uh, I know he, he only, <laughs> it's weird to say it, he only had two blocked shots. Two blocks is still really good. Uh, but for Wemby, when we're accustomed to seeing three, four, five, even six block games, um, you know, it, it feels kind of, kind of understated, but, uh, just his presence under the rim. I mean, guys that are six, nine, six, 10, Sean Elliott talked about it. Uh, Nick Richards, uh, is the most common example, having the ball on offensive rebound situation situations right underneath the rim, uh, and just not taking layups because they know his presence is there having to kick it out and uh, take contested threes. Everything is starting to click. Uh, but if we want to, we'll just run through the uh, the quarter-by-quarter quarter analysis here. I was taking some pretty detailed notes on this game because I knew I wasn't going to have my crutch, which is Jude McLaren. But before we get into that, let's take a look at the comments here because I haven't had a chance to look at it. Matt Wilson, always in here, also happy with the two wins in a row. Thank you for being here, my guy. Uh, Naz Kraz, 11. Thank you also for being in here, too, Clutch Corey. We appreciate everybody. With their support, uh, Matt Wilson feeding Wemby takes away. That's his takeaway for the night. Yeah, pretty much. Everybody starting to look for Victor Wembanyama. The offense is finally starting to click. And uh, you know what? That takes us into the first quarter here. Um, ball movement and ball speed was evident tonight. Led by Trey Jones, who's facilitating and pushing the pace. Pace, pace, pace. That continues to be an emphasis for this team, clearly. Uh, when we're playing solid defense, which we did tonight, active hands, you know, forcing guys out of the interior, led by Victor Wembanyama and Dominic Barlow, who had a terrific game in that first quarter in particular. How many blocks did he have? 
because I feel like he had most of his blocks in that first quarter. There was like a sequence there where he blocked Nick Richards a couple times in a row. Uh, he only finished with three blocks tonight, but definitely worked on that rotation, that late rotation that we harped on him last game. Um, from the jump, it was it was evident that that was something that he was working on, probably looked at it in the film room. Uh, he fixed it. He fixed it. And small guards were not beating him, uh, and he was able to be that low man rotating late, or actually not late, but rotating on time and able to use his verticality and athleticism to challenge shots. Uh, so that was great to see from him. Um, Wemby is getting the ball early in the shot clock for a change. This has been the case really since Trey Jones is inserted into the lineup, but it was the case tonight. He had a moment where he had kind of a post up on the left baseline and he faced up. And my first thought was Tim Duncan, Tim Duncan. It just, it just made me a little bit emotional seeing, seeing Victor Wembanyama get the ball on a place that Tim Duncan got it for so many years in a row and was so dominant. Uh, but he's being decisive. He has limited his turnovers. One of the big stats that they were talking about in the pregame show was that as his assist percentage has increased since the beginning of the year, his turnover percentage has decreased almost equally. So that is a great sign to see. He's getting used to his teammates, and his teammates are getting used to him. Um, that, I don't... <sighs> I don't want to minimize the effect of having Trey Jones in the starting lineup, but at the same time, oh, one moment, everybody. Before I finish that note, cliffhanger here, let me see if I can activate something for you. We have a little surprise. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's go. <laughs> we made it. Yeah. We made it. <laughs> Jude McLaren, everybody, please welcome him. A, a little surprise for everybody. He had to work tonight, so I don't think he could catch the full game, but he listened to it no. on his way home in the radio. Um, so we appreciate him being here. Taking, you know, he's, he's getting a really long shift tonight, Jude. <laughs> hey, this wasn't the only blowout I watched tonight. Um, but oh. that's, or no, I didn't actually, I, I, that, I don't know that I tried to be clever there. It didn't work whatsoever. I was trying cause, cause I didn't watch the Spurs game whatsoever. Ethan, I did catch the fourth quarter, uh, from Bill Shoning, but you know, mm-hmm. that was the Devante Mamu and, uh, Diakete, uh, minutes <laughs> that, that mm-hmm. I caught. Um, so you caught all the good stuff. So I didn't mean to interrupt your flow, but no, you're I fine. was in there for a little bit. So that's why I went in the comments, but. What's up, everybody? Good to see y'all. But but back to Ethan and and the mm. box score and this huge Spurs win. Um, I I even though you know especially with Lamelo coming back, but even before Lamelo coming back, we were talking about scary Terry and all that stuff. Um, you know I I wouldn't have said even though I would have said yeah we, we would have had a chance to win this game. I wasn't expecting a blowout even without Lamelo. Mm. Um, so the fact that that happened and it is our second win streak of the season, even if it's just two. Um, mm makes me very happy couldn't have said it better myself jude and where i was just talking about was and i would like to get your opinion on this as well actually is our success rate in the past couple games 
seems to be correlated directly with Trey Jones being inserted into the lineup. And we talked about it at length in the last episode, in the last live. I'm curious how much of it can be, how much of the success can be given to him being in the lineup and how much of it is simply just, we're starting to understand each other more. It seems like Victor Wimpanyama in particular because of his playmaking ability. And tonight there was a lot of moments where he was actually running the point, it seemed like, and ordering guys around. And the ball speed is popping. The ball movement and player movement is popping. It seems like we're just also starting to figure out our chemistry, Jude. So do you think that they're separate? Are they correlated? What's your thoughts on that? Um, I think it's a little bit of both just from what you're just talking about. Obviously, I didn't, you know, see the game, Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's undeniable um, as much, you know, that when I admitted, you know, in the last or not admitted, but when we just, you know, we're being honest with, you know, kind of the way that we viewed the starting lineup and Trey Jones at the beginning of the season versus what we've seen in these other games. I mean, another thing that I did hear on the broadcast was that we won a third quarter again. We've won every single third quarter. Um, with with Trey Jones in the game or starting um mm-hmm. now I get that a little bit of him like getting pushed into that spot had to do with Malachi's injury um so I think that I, I think it's undeniable that that does have an impact and mm-hmm. also the stuff that we talked about with you know when he's in the starting lineup he can just play his game you know so much more there, there's so much less pressure on him with the other guys that are on the floor um but I also think what you said I think it's twofold I think it's a little bit of both because when I was listening to the game on my way home I was thinking about how there was a press conference earlier this year in the middle of our long winning streak where Keldon's up there and he's like you know we just gotta keep making the same mistakes over and over again until one day it finally clicks and I don't, you know, <laughs> it's a two-game winning streak. This is a small sample size. Um, but if there's any point in the season where it's felt like that, Ethan, um, it definitely, you could you could argue a little bit in that Memphis game. Um, yeah. But I would really say that Bucks game, since the Bucks game, um, is when we have just, it, it feels like we, we've, we've looked significantly different. It feels like we've unlocked something. We're playing with way more energy. Um, We're so much more connected, not to interrupt you, but we've used that term connected. That is the thing that I've really noticed since that Bucks game. And I think it starts on the defensive side, that connectedness. Rotations are better. Um, Guys are communicating more. Victor Wimbanyama as that defensive anchor certainly helps, Um, but guys are starting to buy in. We're playing with active hands and getting out in transition. That's where where we we were really dominant in this game was in transition. We were getting a lot of loose balls. Um, and, and to be fair, the, the Hornets were struggling um, as mm-hmm. far as shooting the basketball. How, what was their percentage? 36% from the field, 29% from three. So a lot of it definitely stemmed from that. Um, but give our guys credit, too. We were able to take advantage of that and get some easy baskets in transition. And just to finish my first quarter analysis here, Julian, shout out to him. He played terrific defense. How many minutes did he have tonight? Only 21 minutes, but I thought his his defense was very solid and under control when defending Terry Rozier. Um, that first half in particular, Terry really couldn't find a rhythm. I think a lot of that was due to Julian, as well as Devin. They switched. They kind of switched back and forth uh, on guarding him as well. Um, let's see. Devin got a transition three tonight off a Jeremy Sohan block, and that block shot, Jude, was not an ordinary block shot. Miles Bridges tried to back him down and fade away baseline, and Jeremy okay. jumped so high, and it looked like a Victor Wimbanyama block. Like it, it, oh, wow. Usually, block a fadeaway. 
Jeremy Block, I think, two fadeaways tonight. So his defensive presence was through the roof again as well. And not to say that he hasn't looked like that all year, but tonight it felt more like what we expected when we drafted him, when it was like, this is an all-NBA-level defender. We saw that potential again tonight, and it flashed. It wasn't so much just like he's he's staying in front of his guy and playing great defense. Like It was flashy defensive play. So that was great to see from him. Um, and to finish it off, Dominic Barlow again, fighting for loose boards. He got an offensive rebound over three Hornets tonight at the end of the first quarter um, and and challenging shots at the rim. I touched on it earlier with great fun. My dog. He, he, he had himself a really <laughs> I was kind of looking at the box score there when you were talking, Ethan, just trying to get a sense of the game. And the thing that jumps out to me, and I, we've talked about this a million times, well, really, now that I'm looking at it, everybody was plus on the plus mm-hmm. minus tonight on the entire team, but plus 35 for Jeremy. I know we've talked about how, like, like I don't want to put too much value on this because there's only so much value you can put on stuff like plus minuses. I'm not saying that there's not value, but I'm yeah. also not trying to make too much of it either. Um but that's insane. Like looking at that, that's the thing that jumps off to me. I mean, obviously plus 28 too for Devin. But when I saw that, that that was the first thing that jumped out to me. And then I looked at his stat line and I saw he was efficient, didn't take too many shots, you know, not more than he needs to. And then the two steals and the block as well as the the six boards and, and the four assists too. Um, it seems like he kind of really had that Swiss army knife type game tonight on top of the, you know, the defense that we really relished in um, last season. Matt Wilson talks about it right here. Can we talk a second about JS's improved shot and three point performance? And you hit it right on the head. He's not forcing anything anymore. He's taking his offense as it comes. And there was one moment where I thought maybe he was forcing something. And then when I watched rewatched the replay, I realized how smart of a play it was. And I think this was in the third quarter. Victor had his guy pinned down low um, for a post up. Jeremy Sohan had the ball left wing defended by, I think, a, I can't remember who it was, JT Thor maybe, Some, someone long and tall. Mm-hmm. And um, Victor was calling for the pass, and I was like, come on, Jeremy, pass it to him, pass it to him. And he didn't. Instead, he drove right and kind of used Vic as a post-up, in his post-up position as kind of a screen, like a makeshift screen, and got an easy layup, and then it was an and one because he knew um, Victor's guy couldn't come off of him because Victor was playing so dominant. So it was a high IQ play, knowing that he had his guy beat, and there was not going to be a help defender. So it's smart plays like that that have allowed his offense to kind of flourish a little bit more. And again, it helps so much when Victor Wimbanyama has 26 points and right. was absolutely dominating this game from start to finish. Um, but that brings me to the second quarter, Jude. I was going to say, I want to hear about this because that's the other thing. I mean, I want to hear about the third too, but I really mm. just give me the breakdown on this one because 38 to 23, that, that makes me very happy, Ethan. Yeah, I'm just going to read my notes and then you can react to it and see. And, and that's, that's how we'll do this. So second quarter, Hornets came out playing a little bit better defensively, aggressive play. Um, Got to slow down the ball. Uh, he's doing whatever he wants. I'm talking about, uh, of course, LaMelo Ball here. He came out looking like Prime Nash. He was doing that classic circle in the paint, finding wide open shooters. Uh, we really couldn't stop him. Keldon Johnson had a flagrant foul tonight, flagrant one. He went for a block. On Brandon Miller, almost you know, basically knocked him out of the air. Brandon hit his head on the ground. He was out for the rest of the game, so they called the flagger one. Um, Jeremy hit a nice three. I wrote, Jeremy is playing great defense in all caps. Um, amazing transition speed and passing. Jeremy is cutting 
For, uh, oh, yes. Okay. I'm glad I wrote this down. There was a moment. Victor Wembanyama running the point. He had Doug McDermott far left side and then Jeremy Sohan kind of running the middle. And Victor literally waves Jeremy through. He's like, no, cut, cut. Don't stop. Cut. Because he knew if he cut, he drags Doug McDermott's man off. He had Doug wide open for three. It ended up being an additional pass to the corner to Trey Jones for three, so we missed a shot. Um, but high IQ plays from Victor Wimbanyama running the court. And that was really what we saw the entire second quarter was guys cutting um, with direction and decision – or not decision, uh, decisiveness uh, leading to wide open threes. And that extra pass is starting to really become infectious. Everybody's making the extra pass, even when that extra pass results in maybe a batter, a, a batter, a less quality of a shot, like a Trey Jones corner three or a Jeremy Sohan corner three. Um, but I still like the ball movement, Jude, because it led to to better looks really holistically. Um, Victor and Jeremy, high-low post action is pretty much unguardable. They didn't run it that much, but in the second quarter, they did it a couple times. And I'm gonna say this now. I think, I think it's more effective when we post up Jeremy and keep Vic at like the three point line and feeding him because Victor's off ball movement is so difficult to guard and he's more versatile of a scorer. Jeremy's a pretty good passer. So like in this instant, Jeremy had a, a size mismatch, so they were gonna have to send a double team. And as soon as they took a step, Victor cut, and it was a wide open dunk. So continue to work on these things. I think that these, these are things we're going to see moving forward. Um, Devin continues to play downhill. He was aggressive all night. Doug McDermott came in and was an absolute heater. And then Malachi Branham, I texted you about this, had a little moment with Popovich after he drew an offensive foul on an illegal screen. Pop was clapping him up, all hyped. And Malachi walked over and just put his hand up and Pop high-fived him. And I was like, oh, yes, Pop's got the energy. So that, that You was know that's I'm something talking. they talked about in practice, cool. too, I'm sure, if he For reacted sure. that way. I, I've never seen – it's been a while since I've seen Pop that happy about something. Usually when he's yelling, he's pissed. But he was like, yes, let's go, Malachi. Let's go. Like, like you can hear him <laughs> on the audio. So you should go back that. and watch that. For sure, for sure. I got to check out the possessions for both teams on this game, a game on uh, bucketlist.fans just so I can see everything because obviously there's a lot of good stuff, Ethan. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the thing that, you know, you touched on a lot of the offensive stuff. Obviously, this is when, when Doug came in and started sniping, um, it seems. Um, but the thing that I want to ask about this, because I hear a lot of transition stuff here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure there was probably some half-court stuff that looked better as well. Mm-hmm. But the main question that I want to ask is do you feel like this all stems from improved defense and rotations? Most definitely. Most definitely. Tell me about that in the second quarter. I mean... It's probably the uh, whole game, honestly. It really was. Like To be fair to the Hornets, they're not a great team either, and they're trying to implement LaMelo back into the lineup, and they're still missing a couple players, but... We were playing with active hands. We were swarming the, their players. And then, like I said, on the interior, they couldn't get anything going, Jude. Like, the, nobody could drive. Nick Richards was basically useless down low because of Victor and Dom. 
who who was really that's what i was going to ask and i'm sorry to interrupt you again but that was you're you're bringing up some other points i was thinking about before the game kind of coming into this i was wondering how dom would do now i wasn't like too like worried about it because like i'd seen him play with jared allen and even you know contest Giannis and stuff so i knew like okay he can overcome size but Mm -hmm. with mark williams and nick richards those are two seven footers so i was kind of curious how that would play out mark didn't play and okay. So that was another thing. When, when when they took Nick Richards out of the game, they had guys like Mensa, who I've never heard of, no disrespect, JT Thor, <laughs> who I think is more of like a 3-4 combo. He's, yeah, exactly. And so like size-wise, they were definitely mismatched. Gotcha. I'm looking up who this Nathan Mensa is. Okay, he's 6'10", 230. Well, that's that's basically Barlow. So He missed all four of his shots. There you go. There you go. But the third quarter, Ethan, not mm-hmm. to not to move you on here, oh, but yeah. this is, I mean, what is this? We're winning third quarters like four games in a row. Victor Wembanyama started off with nine points in a row. He had 15 in this quarter. That's right. I heard from Bill. It was a three to start the game off, and it was a fluid three. Like he shot it and like moved away. He knew it was cash. And then it was lob, lob, dunk, lob. I'm pretty sure is how it went. And so it was a lob from Trey and then a Devin lob. And then he just got like a wide open driving, you know, slam dunk. He went right past Nick Richards. Poor guy did not have the defensive (laughs) slides required to defend seven foot five Victor Wimpanyama. Um, So everyone's looking for him. And I think that's the biggest change is is once you once you connect with Wemby once. This is what I've noticed. Once a player connects with him on one one successful play, they start to look for him every single time. You know what I mean? So it's almost like there there was something we had to get over, like a little hump. Every player was like, I just don't think I can throw the ball that high. Like I, I've never had to make an entry pass before. Like this this feels weird. I don't understand. And then as soon as they do it, they're like, okay, now everything's way easier. It's kind of funny because that reminds me of what Devin said super early in the season in one of his press conferences where he's like, mm-hmm. we've just – I know that this – like it, he's incredible, all this stuff, and we're losing a lot right now. But like, it seemed like you know, behind what he was saying, what mm-hmm. he what he was actually saying was like, we and and he did actually say this verbatim was we've never played with someone who's seven foot four before, and so there's just and there's just a lot of stuff that he can do that is just like, and I've probably said this before, you know, when we were losing, but it wasn't as you know, <laughs> it wasn't as uh, easy to see, I guess you could say. Um, there's just so much stuff that he can do that would just be ridiculous to do on any other team, if that makes sense. No, it does. It does. makes perfect sense. And what was I going to say? It culminated. There's no eight-foot wingspan on other teams. You know what I mean? Unless you count Bull Bull. <laughs> right, right, right. My bad. Sorry, My Shaq. Shaq. <laughs> Sorry, Shaq. I'm kind of repping him a little bit anyways. Um, what was I going to say? How many assists did Keldon have? I think he only had one, but what I was going to say is it culminated into like, you know, everyone passing to Wemby. It was started to become infectious. Even Keldon, who most people consider, you know, selfish quote unquote on Twitter. He doesn't like to pass to Wemby, whatever. Keldon threw like a half court lob to Wemby and it went sailing into the stands. <laughs> but it was, <laughs> but Sean Elliott was like, well, we figured out you can throw it too high. And he was like, but I, I like that pass. Because at the very least, now they're all looking for him. Like they know uh-huh. I have a seven foot five monster running the court with me, and um, so so I I took that turnover as a positive um, for me. 
Uh, I literally wrote down also, poor Nick Richards, he just can't stop him. Because the number of times that Vic was just like taking the ball over his head, tipping it to himself. I mean, you you know what he's capable of. We see it every night. But tonight it was just more so because we were winning and he was being so dominant. Um, We continued to play with great pace. Rotations are crisp. Very few miscommunications. Um, Blake Wesley... He had a hustle play to make up for a Malachi turnover. Uh, LaMelo just picked Malachi's pocket, came down, tried to hit a transition three, and Blake Wesley was just enough in the way that it scared LaMelo, and he just threw it out of bounds. So I mean, that was big for Sean Elliott. It's like This is exactly what we need from Blake Wesley's defensive mentality. Um, and he really played a pretty solid game. I don't know what his box score was. I think he had four points. I was points. just looking at it. So he had four. 17 minutes. Sorry to interrupt you again, but Please. just I'm just asking questions. Um, mm-hmm. Did he play the whole game off the bench? Like, did he come in to start? That's what I thought. I thought I might have saw that on Twitter. Or he, he didn't. I don't think he came in with the initial bench okay. like substitution. It took okay. a second. And I was a little shocked because I, I think the first But two was it earlier were, than last game? I think he came in the second quarter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Last game, he didn't come in until the second half. So he definitely came in earlier. I liked what I saw. And I know you're only seeing four points, three assists, two rebounds. But like I said, the defensive mentality, picking guys up at half court, um, doing his best to make it difficult on LaMelo. But to be fair, nobody was really slowing down LaMelo that much other than his own teammates. Um, He's going to get his. Yeah, he's going to get his. But I, I, I like what I see from Blake Wesley. I hope he can continue this play because in last season and earlier in this year, turnovers were a problem. Lack of communication defensively was a problem. Those weren't the case. I even wrote down in this third quarter, he had a nice double drag screen action where he was the ball handler. He found Chetty wide open weak side corner three. It's good. So those are the plays that we want him to make. Um, and he And he's starting to make them. Um, and then we ended up finishing this quarter off with a Keldon Johnson step back corner three uh, at the buzzer. I think it left one second on the shot clock, but at the buzzer is what I'm going to say. So again, a complete dominating quarter for the Spurs, and it came in the one that we're notoriously bad at. Um, it's just, it, of course, it helps when Victor Mubinyama has nine points immediately. So. For sure. For sure. I, I'm I'm sure, you know, from what I did here in the fourth quarter, I'm not sure how much you have written down for the fourth because Nothing. <laughs> because the game was over. And that makes me happy, Ethan, because there's a couple more players that I want to ask you about. Please. So I want to ask you about Kelvin. So obviously he didn't have the greatest shooting night tonight. Um, I know you were just mentioning his. Let me see if I got it right. No, no, that wasn't assist. That's Malachi with four. Um, just what was his impact tonight? Or was it just kind of a bad shooting night and he just kind of did his normal thing and the shots just didn't fall? Yeah, it was really just a bad shooting night. Like he was getting open threes. He he shot two for seven. A lot of them were wide open. He just wasn't knocking them down. Um, The ball wasn't sticking to him, though. So that can't even be a criticism people bring up. Like it wasn't like he was ball hogging or taking ill-advised shots. They just weren't falling. Right. And that and that happens. We could go back to a night where Devin shot four for 14, you know, where some sometimes guys just have nights like that. Um, the, the other question with Keldon I have, did you still kind of feel that his his impact that we talked about last time off the bench? Like, do you feel like he drew attention that that opened up looks for other guys? And, um, you know, just kind of that point whenever it came to creating their own offense and, and drawing attention um, in comparison of him versus Trey? 
you know, like that kind of thought that we were talking about. Yeah, I seem to remember initially when our bench unit came in, there was a slight struggle. There okay. was a slight staleness because his shot wasn't falling. Okay. But I, I don't know if this game's the best one to judge it on because Chetty had 11 and shot perfect from the field. And then Doug came in and was just a flamethrower in 12 minutes, had 14 points. So that could have been, like, been the counter. Like If they didn't yeah, have those sure. great games, maybe we're not talking about Keldon in such a positive light. I don't know. Yeah, I, I totally see what you're saying there. And and Shetty was another player that I wanted to ask you about because he had a perfect shooting night minus I saw the one missed free throw. But you know what I mean, from the field. Um, mm-hmm. And so I just wanted to ask you what you thought about him. But to touch on kind of what you just said there, I mean, when you put it that way, when, when Shetty and, and Doug have yeah. 25 combined, that cancels out Keldon having a bad shooting night. You know what I mean for the bench, because that's normally kind of what his role would be, and 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 sometimes it's even less points than that, you know, mm-hmm. and it's and it's still been good. Um, but also, you know, you were talking to me about Barlow and his three blocks. If the rotations are still looking the way that they were defensively on the third quarter, um, or not the third quarter, excuse me, with the second unit, um, you know, that's really the big key. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. And defensively, Keldon was still playing solid. I think we need to not take a lot of time on it, but just a positive for Keldon Johnson this entire year is defensively he's been getting after it. Yeah, completely agree. I I saw some plays last game, um, and and that's good to hear. Um, So just tell me about Shetty's impact tonight. Obviously, like I said, he shot perfect, Mm -hmm. but what were some things that you saw from him? He's just the perfect glue guy, man. I mean, Sean Elliott put it best. He was like, probably the only player this season who has been a hundred percent consistent. And it's like, yeah, like Chetty Osman doesn't make mistakes. Um, he makes the right extra pass him and he and Doug, their ability to move without the ball and make the extra pass, make them so valuable, especially to a young team. And honestly, to a contending team as well. Like if they were on like the Clippers, the, the, uh, this not the Suns. They're playing really bad right now. But on a, like a, a top four team in either conference, they would be extremely valuable role players. And this is a perfect game, a perfect example of what they could bring to pretty much any team. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, another thing that that's standing out to me, you know, kind of on top of Doug and Chetty having that performance, is this is the first game I think all season. You know, one thing we talked about, um, and even though last game nobody had 20 points, all of these three guys got close to 20 points. Mm-hmm. I believe this is the first win this season, if I'm not mistaken, where Devin and Keldon have both kind of had, you could say, a meh game, if you will. Um, it seems more it seems more like that for Keldon because I see that Devin was doing a lot of other stuff and still didn't shoot too inefficient. Um, but, I mean, that's, that's a really positive sign. The fact that we won by 36 and... Devin and Keldon had a combined 22 points. Um, yeah. That's that's a big change for us. It's a positive one, I think. I mean, this was definitely a win by commission. I mean, win by commission. Commission. <clears throat> Plus Victor Wimbanyama. Right. Like, he, he solves he a lot of the problems. Yeah. Okay. The last question that I have for you, Ethan, is about Malachi Branham. Um, I just see he's plus 19 in in the plus minus um but you know didn't have the craziest game on the stat sheet but was efficient from three yeah i think those two threes were momentum threes for us i remember them vividly like when they went down i i screamed because they were (laughs) they they put us over the top and it was like to 
the icing on top of a great run. Um, I don't even know what to say about Malachi anymore. Like every game, he seems to be putting these kind of stat lines together of eight to 12 points with like four to six assists. Right. But I, I have a hard time remembering like what exactly he did. You know what I mean? Okay. But, but, but at the same time, he didn't do anything bad. So is that a positive? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> well, I think that I think the main thing is the moment that that he had with Pop. I think if you yeah. add that on top of the stat line, that and and it's not just all about the stat line. But I, the reason I was mainly asking about it is because his plus minus was so high. But as you're showing right now, that does, isn't always the the end all be all, which is why I kind of made that point earlier when I was talking mm. about Jeremy's. Because like you said, you didn't remember necessarily too much, but it also seems like he didn't do anything um he wasn't like making disastrous mistakes no no not at all but i don't think he does that really ever yeah if we want to take one positive and it kind of goes with the pop thing defensively he was getting after it as well i think he's made strides in that same category in the same way that Kelvin has with threats to our nation waiting around every corner adaptability is more important than ever when conditions change without notice quick strategic thinking is crucial and with obstacles consistently impending determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com for sure for sure well ethan i think that's really all i've got for this one but i was gonna look and see okay so we play the hawks on monday Mm-hmm. Um, on Martin Luther King Play the Bulls tomorrow too. Or no, I yes. Thank you about that. Okay, so yeah, I mean, this is probably going to be a, a, a much tougher next three games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it'll really be tested if you know if if we can continue this positive momentum. Like I mentioned, if you want to go back to Memphis, you could kind of say that game. But like I said, I really feel like it was Milwaukee. Um, these next couple games are going to test us because we got Chicago. You could say that's a little bit, you know, like you could say they're not as good as um, Cleveland or, or Milwaukee. Um, so maybe, you know, that could be one that is winnable. Um, but then you got Atlanta and Boston, um, both on the road. Um, so those those will definitely test us. But, you know, we did just get smacked by Boston. So maybe we'll want some get back. Um, but the other thing is they also just got smacked. Um so they're probably going to be looking to bounce back too. But then we have Charlotte and Washington this weekend in a back-to-back. So that's nice. Charlotte and Washington definitely helps. <laughs> definitely but helps. We're, the, these next three games are really going to kind of test this theory. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I don't know if you've mentioned this either, Ethan, but we did get, I sent it to you before the game, we did get an update mm-hmm. on Zach Collins. I saw somebody else um earlier in the comments kind of talking about that 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 we can get to later um but he's going to be out for another week and a half to two weeks so that means we're going to continue to get this barlow sample size um and that kind of brings me back to um the comment that i was looking for earlier let me go find it here i found it Yes, this is the exact one from I am unreal. So big question is Zach Collins expendable playing better without him just saying. So this is something that we've talked about the past couple post games. Um, I think a lot of it depends on how, you know, these next couple weeks go, like I said. Um, But me and Ethan also talked before the game and there's just it's really I mean. 
I think there is a small percentage chance if Barlow just continues to play the way he's been playing that maybe we move him at the deadline. Um, but I, I think that's more unlikely than likely. Um, I think when he comes back, he's going to be given his chance. We're going to see how it flows. Um, if it goes back to the same struggles that we had, you know, uh, before, um, then, you know, obviously there'll be some things that are becoming apparent. Um, but I also think that what we were talking about earlier, whenever it came to Trey being in the starting lineup, when you were asking me, okay, what is it Trey or is it just, are we clicking? I think that that same principle can be applied. And we texted about this beforehand to, to Dom as much as I love my boy and he's showing some potential for sure. And also the Spurs did just get granted um, Charles Bassey's injury exception. So they're going to have another roster spot. So there's a chance that we could just sign Barlow for depth. Um, and he replaces Bassey. I think honestly, that's probably the most realistic thing, um, mm-hmm. in this scenario. Um, but what I was getting to before that was that, you know, there may be a chance where Zach comes in and those defensive rotations are the same, you know, I mean, maybe there are some situations in the paint where like, you know, we play the bucks again or something and Giannis dunks on him. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm being so I'm riding that for as long as I can with Barlow. No, but in all seriousness, we we have genuinely seen some differences in physical interior defense in these games between Barlow and Zach. I mean, has Zach had a three block game this year? Probably not. Um, not that I can remember. I mean, maybe there has been, but mm. I, I think you get the point that I'm saying yeah. here. But aside from that if the rotations and the way that we flow and the connectedness still happens, um, you know, and especially also with, with Keldon having experience playing with Zach as well, um, you know, the, the, Keldon being on the court might open some things up for Zach's offense. Um, and also the rotations, um, if, if they continue to be the way that they have, um, I think that that minimizes a lot of Zach's defensive deficiencies, if that makes sense. Long-winded rant there to answer this point, but but give me your thoughts on that, Ethan. Yeah, I think Pop will give him the benefit of the doubt. The way he's talked so glowingly about him, and at the beginning of the year, he said he's the starting five of the future. Um, I think that that has now been debunked, but at the same time, he's he's been a spur for a little while. We've nur- nursed him back to full health. And I know he's had a rough year, but he's also had some great moments. And toward the end of last season when we traded Jakob, he had some really, really good moments and a long run where he averaged like 17 and 8 right. and 5 or something. So Pop will give him a stretch of games to prove that he's, you know, it's not his fault. It's like it's like you said, it's just the fact that we're all clicking together. And he has yet to play on the bench with Keldon. When he played on the bench, he was playing with Trey. So He'll need a sample size um, to prove either that he is the, the, the backup center or prove that Dom Barlow is the backup center. I mean, we'll know pretty quickly, I, I feel like, uh, especially that Dom is getting this large sample size as well. And, you know, it's going to be kind of perfect timing, Ethan, because about two weeks from now, which is supposedly the max uh, for Zach to be out, is going to be about two weeks till the deadline. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So you can have another two weeks of Barlow, and then you could play Zach for two weeks. And if you, that's really something they're considering. I think that's enough time to kind of see if they're ready to just elevate Barlow. But with all of that being said, Ethan, I really think that they're just going to end up giving that roster spot that we got for Charles Bassey to Barlow. 
Um, because at this point, I mean, maybe we get to see him play in the G League next up game because he's actually top 10 in voting for that and is like top three in G League scoring and stuff. Um, and, you know, the, the NBA is really, you know, they like to promote that and they want like good players in that game. Yeah. Um, uh, some Ignite guys playing there, Mac McClung, you'll see people like that. Um, probably Monty Bates, Cam Whitmore stuff. Um, so that's, you know, obviously those are all guys that have potential moving forward. Um, but I mean, I, I know they like, they, they want him to play, but he, he played in the G league all year last year. And this year when he's played like the worst game he's had is like 18 and 13. So like, how much is he really going to benefit from that moving forward? Um, that's yeah. another reason why I could see them, uh, moving him up but ethan my i have one final request for you there's a comment that we have mm-hmm. and it's it's the most recent one can you put it up for me absolutely i can it's an election year mm. okay so just keep this in mind that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> Devonte graham <laughs> Devonte graham did two things tonight Jude. okay one he really put his foot on his former team's throat oh yes he had eight points in 10 minutes of play in, in trash time. Who does that? Launching threes. Only that, him. Is that you? What? What? I Never do? mind. I ignore it. I, I had something in my headphones. I thought it was coming through. <laughs> However, he also may have done this. He may have boosted his trade value just enough to get him a couple second round picks. <laughs> uh, so we may... Or I guess if it is actually I think Robert Ball is saying that we're going to cut him here, but I think we can get something out of him. I think we can get a second or two, maybe, or package him in a deal. Um, Devonte Graham for president, and yeah, that, that's the keep, most important. Keep shooting, keep shooting, shoot, like shoot like shoot. get the ball and just pull up. That's that's all I want Devonte to do. He's trying to help us out. He's really, really trying to help us out. Okay, actually, do you see that last comment? I think that'd be a good way to end it. Let's see. Guys, Vic's in his press conference saying what Ethan said, that it wasn't that anyone was ignoring anyone, that they just had to learn each other better to be able to make the right pass slash play more often. Thank you for the shout-out, Nazcraz. And yeah, I think that that's 100% correct. I think all the, the fake people hate somebody, they're jealous, they're selfish, that was all just... Fafui. I, I that never had any traction with me. Look at the league right now, and our roster is like <laughs> our roster is is so young, man. They're yeah. like around our age. Like it's crazy. <laughs> it is crazy, bro. Like I saw like in two K every year in two K when you create a player, the birth year goes up a year, right? And so like I remember when two thousand was an option. That's my birth uh-huh. year. I was right. like, oh, cool, cool. And now it's up to like two thousand six, and I'm like, oh. Oh my God, we're getting old. Dude. Yeah, when Alex Sar is a 2005 baby, it makes me feel weird. <laughs> yeah, but it's really like imagine what we're gonna feel like in like you know 15 years, like when we're like our parents' age. Oh and man, stuff. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Like right now, we're still like it's still not that bad. <laughs> well, on that lovely note, you do you have any other things that you'd no, like to brother. say for this episode? Go Spurs, um, go. Go Spurs go. I like that. So as always, don't forget to like and subscribe to SSPN. We appreciate everyone being here for this live. Initially, it was a solo live, and then it became a surprise guest appearance. Disney celebrity clap for Mr. Jude McLaren, who who greeted us all. 
and uh, follow us on Twitter as well at SSP on, on YT at Jude McLaren. And even though I'm not active anymore, go ahead and follow me as well at Ethan underscore Quintero. And as always, go Spurs go. I don't know how to do the thing Jude does. Oh, well. There it is. I found it. (laughs) 